All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan, and welcome to the Manufacturers Network podcast. I'm excited to introduce you to our guest today, Alan Davis. Alice is the founding member and CEO of i5 Services. He started i5 Services with the goal of changing industries through creative technical solutions to complex business problems. His background is in technology and years of experience in leadership and the transformation process. And for the last eight years, he has been working tirelessly to connect U.S. manufacturing supply chain. So, Alan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me today, Lisa. Great to be with you. Well, Alan, share with us some of your background. What led you to focusing on manufacturing and then the founding of i5 Services? Uh, great question. So years ago, uh, this is clear back to 2001, I was involved in another industry where we had come up with a, an innovative solution for the airline industry at the time that 9-11 happened. And the airline industry was somewhat devastated at that point, having a hard time recovering and our solution came along at a time when it had um, just a huge impact for our client that we were working for, about $40 million a year of recovery and $120 million of improvement in the revenue stream. And so um, that solution really kind of opened our eyes. And that technology actually is still being used today and almost all the world's uh, major airlines use it, but it really helped the airline industry at a time when it needed it. But that kind of opened my eyes to the fact that there was this great need for some very innovative technical solutions that would solve very complex business problems and that they would have a direct impact to the bottom line for our clients and have a, a dramatic impact in a positive way to the entire industry or ecosystem that they serve. And so fast forward a few years, the downturn of the economy happened. I got a nice severance package from my former employer and we started I-5 Services. And here at I-5 Services, we, uh, we actually started focusing on manufacturing just a couple of years after we had started the company because there was an economic development study that was done in the state of Utah to determine how to improve the various economic sectors. And part of that study was when they looked at manufacturing, they determined that they needed what they called back then a, a virtual industrial park. But it was just this ability to better connect manufacturers together with the thought and the idea that if a large manufacturer, for example, could buy local first, it would keep more jobs, more dollars in the state, and therefore boost the economy overall in manufacturing. And so we were selected to uh, build the solution for that, along with the Utah Manufacturers Association. And we brought together manufacturers from around the state. Uh, we probably had 30 or 40 manufacturers participate. In over four months, we actually held workshops for four months. Every other Friday for four hours, we got in the conference room and we really just dug really deep into why was the solution needed? Why weren't the existing solutions out there solving the problem? And, you know, what were the benefits for doing this? And, you know, it was really a very informative and, and very enlightening process because as we went through this, we, we truly understood that our manufacturing ecosystem is not connected well. In fact, 
not well at all <laughs> to the right, point where right. we have a hard time finding manufacturing capabilities. And so anyone who is you know, had their eyes open during the pandemic will certainly understand and recognize challenges and problems in supply chain, right? And and maybe we'll talk about that a little bit today. But as we were looking at the problem, the manufacturers said this to me, and I thought this was really eye-opening. They said, go to any solution that's out there today. This would be, you know, ThomasNet or MFG.com or Google or, you know, any search engine and try to do a search and find all the woman-owned plastic injection molding companies in the state of Utah and tell me what you find, right? And you cannot get a comprehensive set of results in any solution out there other than the one that we actually built at that time for the state of Utah. But we put a prototype together while we were going through the workshops. And one of the large manufacturers came to us at the end of those workshops and said, look, we have a $70 million contract. We're going to award it outside of the state because our buyers have scoured the state. They cannot find anyone here that can deliver this. And we said, this is perfect. We, we have the prototype ready. And we did the search. And sure enough, two miles from their facility was the exact company they were looking for. They just didn't know they were there. Wow. And wow. Uh, that was the moment when we made the decision as a company that, number one, we needed to solve this for our country because it was a massive need, right? But number two, that it had huge value to the industry. If we could solve this, not just for the state, but for our country, uh, imagine the economic impact that it would have. And so at that time, we, we decided this is our journey. This is our path. This is where we're going. And we've been all in ever since trying to make sure that we built the right solution for our country. And we built the first U.S. manufacturing supply chain connection solution that connects us into the manufacturing capabilities of the United States. And that's really well, that's what it's really all what about. It's all I mean, you I mean, look you at look what at I'm trying to create here with the Manufacturers Network podcast yeah. is connecting manufacturers because sometimes you get so focused on your business and what you're doing and your products, and either you don't think about other manufacturers in the area, or unfortunately you look at them if that's the competition and I don't want anything to do with them versus building this connection, this group of people. And like you said, so easily being able to know who you can give the business to if for whatever reason, you're not the right company for it, or you don't have what you need to fulfill that order and partnering with other manufacturers. It's just, it seems so easy, something that we should have been doing all along, but just putting that focus on, like you said, keeping it local, to have the jobs and everything else and building those relationships. Yeah, and it's amazing, you know, if you start and you look, when you need to source something, if you start looking local first, right, and then you can expand your search um, beyond your local community to your state and then to your country and then international, right? That helps no matter which ecosystem you're in, that helps your ecosystem because um, starting local first is always going to be the most economical solution. Well, not always, but almost always going to be the most economical solution if you can find the right kind of provider. Now, if you can't find the right kind of provider, then obviously you have to expand that search. And sometimes that does take you all the way to international. But there's definite advantages to everyone if you start with that uh, local search first. Well, especially when you look at things like the contribution to the local community of standing yeah. out there, of letting people in your community, in your area, know what you're about, know what your mission is, how you're contributing. Because then also in a market where it's so difficult to find 
the correct skilled labor force that you need that also makes your plant somewhere where people want to work. They they want to be a part of that because they see what you're doing locally. Yeah, absolutely. And in, in fact, that was right after supply chain, uh, workforce was the next area that manufacturing asked us to start working on. And so we've actually, uh, we have a workforce module within it's uh, the solution is Connects Marketplace. You can find it at connectsmarketplace.com. But that was the next piece that they came forward with and said, look, it's great if we solve the, the supply chain problem, but that introduces the next problem right behind it, which is, do we have the workforce to be able to, to sustain that business, right? And that's been an ongoing problem for a number of years. It seems to be exacerbated in the current climate. And so there's a lot that we need to do in that area as well. And R&D or innovation is right there with it. So we're actually working on all three of those problems and trying to help solve the challenges associated with them in manufacturing. Well, and we think about workplace. I mean, back in the day, it was you went into manufacturing because you could make a great, you could make great money with great benefits and all this. And now you're not only competing with other manufacturers, but you're competing with Amazon. You're competing with all of these other tech companies that have money to play with. And we're getting away from having that conversation. So again, looking at the things that differentiate that career in manufacturing and knowing that we need to have that conversation to attract people into the labor force that we're so desperately looking for. So in this technology, and I know that there's no easy button that you can just, you know, slap (laughs) and have, have potential workers show up at your door, but what are some of the things that you have found that is working in attracting the workforce that we need? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's a big question because there are a lot of things that contribute to it. But uh, let me just uh, see if I can touch on a couple of them. So one of the first things is manufacturing struggles to compete for uh, workforce, particularly in the U.S., um, largely because of some perception problems. We still, as a country, by and large, have a perception that manufacturing is this old, dirty industry that no one wants to work in. And, you know, it's hard work and low pay. And that uh, perception could not be further from the truth. Today's manufacturing is very much high tech and uh, tremendous jobs. In fact, on average, they pay about a quarter percent more than just about any other industry. And so, I mean, it is really fantastic industry to be involved in. Getting past that perception problem is part of what we're trying to help with in the application and better connecting industry and our education institutions so there's a better exchange of knowledge, understanding, and information between them, right? So if kids who are attending, you know, let's say everything from grade school all the way through university, and they wouldn't be kids at that point, but anyway, students who are attending, if they don't have an understanding of what some of those pathways are, what some of the opportunities are of the amazing high-paying jobs and incredible careers that are available in manufacturing, all the way from the time that uh, they begin learning about the workplace and learning about jobs and starting to think about what those jobs might be for their future, and then obtaining the right skills to be able to enter into those jobs, then, then we haven't solved the problem because it really has to come all the way through that process in order for the next generation of workforce to understand what the opportunities are and to take advantage of them. So there's that issue. And then there's the issue of 
helping the existing workforce transition to manufacturing jobs, right? And be able to find a pathway that takes them from their current place of employment or direction of career to be able to make an adjustment, a change or a pivot to, to come back over into manufacturing and take advantage of some of those amazing jobs. So those are a couple of the things. There's also um, some challenges associated with training the existing workforce. There's a concern occasionally about automation and robotics and things like that, taking over all the jobs, right? And um, that's just not the case. When you implement automation and robotics, the reality has been is it almost always creates more jobs and increases production, right? And so uh, an interesting statistic that I think helps here is that with one-tenth of the labor force, we produce almost the same output as China in manufacturing. So China produces about 20% of the world's goods. We produce about 18%. They do it with about 200 million where, as opposed to our 20. And wow, so wow. It, it is just, it's a, it's a stark contrast. But what it means is we've been very uh, innovative in our ability to manufacture goods in the United States. And so that innovation has to continue. So part of being in manufacturing is also this amazing opportunity to innovate and to find ways to take those leaps and bounds forward in producing new goods, producing old goods in new ways and, and so many things. And it, it is just such an exciting place to be. And right now with so much focus on the problems that we have with our supply chain and being able to fix those problems and making sure that we're resilient in our supply chain going forward, all that tends to uh, hopefully help people understand that this is a long-term, wonderful industry. It's not going anywhere. The jobs there are just going to grow and get better. And so I, I think if we can begin to combat some of those perceptions or misperceptions, then I think we have a much better shot at being able to address some of the workforce challenges that exist today. Right. And even thinking about automation, you know, for years it was expensive and scary and, oh, this is going to take away everybody's job, where instead, like you said, it's creating jobs. But now what it's doing is it's getting rid of that, that drab, that manual labor, that repetitive motion, basically the grunt work, why not have automation take care of that so that you can leave the innovation and you need people to program those robots. I mean, when I was in the welding industry, it was all of the Ds, dark, dirty, and dangerous. You know? <laughs> and now, like you said, it's opening up those channels to introduce kids coming through schools to see what it's like, to see that it's bright and high tech and just a cool place to work where you have that immediate gratification of something that you helped to build, you helped to create. So yeah. lots and lots tied up in there, but really using things like manufacturing day to open yeah. up to the local schools to come in to, to mm -hmm. see what you're doing. Because you're not going to get all of those kids, but if you get one or right. if you get a couple, you know, that, yeah. that just puts you ahead of everybody else. Oh, I was going to say, in fact, one of the things that we've been working on is this opportunity within the solution for uh, teachers and academic advisors and others to be able to book plant tours and to download um, materials, videos and things like that about manufacturing processes from industry so that we can better connect all that together. And so 
We're, we're part of a group in defense manufacturing community uh, partnerships in the United States where we're, we're holding um, these workshops to try to better understand what some of those needs are in workforce and R&D and in additive manufacturing and advanced manufacturing and all these areas so that we're really able to step in and better help solve those problems. But yeah, you're absolutely spot on. Now, where are those resources available? Because I think that if there was a, a teacher or a guidance counselor or people working in the schools that knew that that was available, that maybe that would open up some channels that they didn't know. So what would be some good resources for people listening to check out and, and find some of those videos and resources? Yeah, great question. Um, we are just in the process of compiling that. So it'll be coming out and available to the academic organizations uh, sometime in the fall. Okay. But in the meantime, just to reach out to any of their manufacturing organizations in their state, so who are a great resource, by the way, the MEP system uh, that we have in the United States, by and large, is very helpful to manufacturing and certainly acts as a liaison to help in, in some of those communications between academia and uh, industry, manufacturing associations, the Chambers of Commerce, PTAC. There are so many wonderful organizations that are there to help support manufacturing in the state. And uh, right now, they, they're the ones who uh, do their very best to try to make some of those resources available and to make those connections. And so the solution that we're putting forward actually is to help support all that communication and all that interchange back and forth. Yeah. And I know I talked to my clients about, you know, partnering with your local tech schools and yes. getting involved in those because then you're basically getting students right off the line yeah. that are coming <laughs> into your plant and building those right. relationships because they know you. You're involved with that trade or technical school yeah. and now you're a known ent entity and they feel comfortable working for you. And when it comes to just additional resources as far as that goes, if somebody is not familiar with what an MEP is, can you explain oh, yeah. a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. And I will make just one more comment on what you just said, because um, working with those tech colleges, one of the things that we learned um, early from them was they really want to help more students get trained and be ready to come into the workforce and all those things. But they were uh, limited or constrained by access that they had to equipment and to materials that they needed to be able to better train the students. And so that was one of the problems or challenges that was brought forward to us a number of years ago. And so we actually put an exchange center together for the exchange of surplus material where our large manufacturers were so gracious and stepped forward and said, look, we have equipment, we have materials, and we're happy to donate that or provide it at a very low cost to schools so that they can have better access to those things to, to help with the workforce problems. And that exchange has been amazing. And so those uh, organizations come back to us frequently and say, you know, this has been one of the best values we've ever gotten out of the application is just this ability to exchange. And so coming back to your uh, question, because I, I responded to your comment first and, uh, oh, and okay. answered your question. <laughs> it's all good. Um, in fact, what was your question? Just so I make that, sure what, I answer. What is it? If somebody's not familiar with what is an, an, an MEP. Oh, an MEP. Yes. So... In our country, this is, goes back about 30 years ago, the National Institute of Standards and Technology was asked to create uh, the MEP program, which is a Manufacturing Extension Partnership. And what that is, is an organization, and, and there is one MEP who is a partner to NIST in every single state. 
and they have uh, federal funding to help manufacturers, uh, particularly with challenges and issues that they face around, for example, being certified or, or finding some training that they might need to uh, better help the manufacturers with their operations. And uh, their mission has continues to kind of expand and grow. And I know they're, they're very much involved in helping with issues like cybersecurity and you know, making sure that your plant is safe and secure and, and just loads and loads of resources that are available through the MEP network and your local MEP in your state. Okay, so they can just basically do a Google search on their state and MEP and that yep. should be able to come up easily yep. findable. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. And then finally, let's get to the issues with the supply chain. Some of the things that you're seeing are the issues and, and what is working right now? What are some of the good things that manufacturers are doing in an area that maybe there's the, the supply chain is, is struggling and they've, they're yeah. able to turn it around? Yeah, great, great question, because I think almost everyone now sees the problems and the struggles in supply chain and uh, everything from, you know, ships being stuck and not being able to get goods into the port to not being able to get goods uh, manufactured and shipped uh, soon enough, you know, to not having enough chips and all kinds of things, right, that uh, are impacting various aspects of the supply chain. But in a very positive way, I, I see... When these kinds of challenges arise, it opens a door and an opportunity for innovation and for uh, positive change. And, and so I tend to, to gravitate toward what I see is happening to address the issues, right? And so in addition to, you know, just trying to work through the, the problems to get the supply chain flowing again, there's also a lot of innovation and a lot of focus and effort around trying to maybe change the supply chain a little bit. See if you can't find a supplier who is closer to your facility or who can provide to you something in the United States that maybe you were getting overseas. Now that's not always possible and it's not always feasible and it's not always the best course of action, but we're seeing it often right now. And then we're seeing companies starting to innovate. So I'm, I'll show you just really quick. I, I'm holding a pen here. This is the very first um, promotional pen produced in the United States in, I can't remember how many years, the manufacturer shared the number of years with me and it, and it was yeah, astonishing yeah. and I, I apologize for not uh, being able to remember it. But we have not produced a pen in the United States, a promotional pen for many, many years. And this is a 3D pin, printed pen and one of the first pens produced in the United States. Um, and that is because there's been these problems in supply chain and manufacturers are stepping forward. And I know I'm using a very simple example of just a pen, but I use that just to illustrate that this is happening all over the United States where manufacturers are seeing the problem, they're stepping up and they're saying, look, we have an opportunity to, to do things differently and to bring some things back maybe that should have stayed here all along. In fact, in our manufacturing council, so I chair the uh, C-suite manufacturing council. And in the council, we talk about, and we've been talking about for a couple of years now, that there are four main areas of production that really should be happening in the United States as a matter of national security. And that's our defense, our pharmaceutical, our medical supply, and our food supply. Right. And those are critical areas of supply that we have to address. And we cannot be overly dependent upon a foreign nation, particularly one that we may not have the best relationship with. And so those are areas of supply that 
we're seeing a lot of focus now around how is it that we not just address the issue, but have a more sustainable supply chain, whether that be, you know, just produced in the United States or at least produced here primarily with uh, dependence on more friendly states um, and those who we may not have to go quite so far if there happens to be a supply chain disruption. And so um, that type of innovation and those things that we're seeing are super exciting in manufacturing right now. And I just love the innovation of U.S. manufacturers. I love how they're stepping forward. I know it took a long time for people to see the effects of the changes that were made in PPE and things like that being produced in the United States. But I think um, that's also caused us as a country to start looking at how sustainable our supply chain is and what we need to do to become resilient, right? So that the next time we have a significant challenge, we're much better prepared to respond. And, you know, the solution we're working on is all geared toward that, right? To making sure that if we need to pivot, we can pivot quickly. We can find a manufacturing capability. We can help that manufacturer stand up and produce what's needed. And so um, all those things are just really exciting around building a new resilient supply chain that supports our country. Awesome. Well, Alan, as we're getting to the end of our time together, how do you work with your clients and what's the best way for somebody to get a hold of you if they'd like to continue the conversation? Yeah, that's a great question. So easiest way to get a hold of me, um, either through my email, just alan.davis, and it's alan.davis at i5services. It's the letter I, the number five, and the word services.com. Or you can go to Connects Marketplace, and Connects is spelled C-O-N-N-E-X, uh, marketplace.com. And you can get all the information about uh, how to participate in um, the platforms that we're building and in the initiatives we have going on and come and be a part of the solution. Um, we say this often, and um, it's probably a good thing for me to, to end with as well, and that is it takes all of us working together for these, this kind of a solution to work. And so come and be a part of the solution. Um, there's a place for you, and particularly manufacturers, we've got some amazing solutions for you. Wonderful. Well, Alan, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's, it was great to have another conversation with you. And with you as well, Lisa, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Hey, do me a favor. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Also, feel free to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow the network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either go to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow this network, the stronger and deeper community we will have. I appreciate you. Thank you.